1: Thank you, President Hoyt, for your generous introduction. It is a joy for my wife, Wendy, and me to be with you, my dear brothers and sisters. From the BYU Marriott Center in Utah, we are broadcasting to many congregations throughout the world. Thanks to each of you for being with us. We extend a special welcome to those who will soon be finishing high school and are attending a CES Fireside broadcast for the first time. As you enroll in institutions of higher learning and continue your education, I hope you will participate in institute classes so that you may have this strong spiritual resource to balance your secular learning. You'll also have opportunities to attend future CES firesides such as this. Take advantage of those occasions. They will enlighten and encourage you. The title of my message tonight is Power and Protection Provided by Worthy Music. Power and Protection Provided by Worthy Music. This topic is especially applicable to young adults. As you know, people of your age have made many significant contributions as writers, composers, and connoisseurs of worthy music. The power of worthy music was felt tonight as we sang these words in our opening hymn. Come, ye children of the Lord, let us sing with one accord Let us raise a joyful strain to our Lord, who soon shall reign. Through music, we raised our voices in powerful praise and prayer. Such a hymn provides a pattern of worship that is pleasing to God. His prophet taught us to praise the Lord with singing, with music, and with a prayer of praise and thanksgiving. I would like to express my sincere appreciation to the Ogden Institute Choir. Thank you, Brother Simon and members of the choir for your magnificent music. It has not only honored the Lord, but it has also touched our hearts deeply. As the choir sang, when I surveyed the wondrous cross, I was deeply moved the message focuses on the atonement of Jesus Christ. Written by the English poet Isaac Watts, those words bear repetition. When I survey the wondrous cross on which the Prince of Glory died, my richest gain I count but loss, and poor contempt... On all my pride. Forbid it, Lord, that I should boast, save in the death of Christ my God. All the vain things that charm me most, I sacrifice them to his blood. Or the whole realm of nature mine, that were a present far too small. Love so amazing, so divine, demands my soul, my life, my all. Indeed, Isaac Watts did demand much from himself. In his lifetime, he wrote about 600 hymns. Two of his most productive years were between his graduation from school at age 20 and his taking a job teaching when he was 22. At that young age, many great hymns flowed from him. Lyrics by Isaac Watts in our book of hymns include, among others, Joy to the world, sweet as the work, and He died, the great Redeemer died. Even as a small boy, Isaac Watts had poetic potential. Once during family prayer, he began to laugh. His father asked him why. Isaac replied that he had heard a sound and opened his eyes. To see a mouse climbing a rope in a corner. He had immediately thought, A little mouse, for want of stairs, ran up a rope to say its prayers. This struck the father father as irreverent, and he proceeded to administer physical punishment, in the midst, midst of which Isaac called out, Father, Father, mercy take, and I will no more verses make. I would like to comment on another song in our hymn book. The text of How Great Thou Art was first written by a young minister in Sweden. His name was Carl Gustav Bolbery. He was only 25 years old. After attending a church meeting, he walked two miles along the southeast coast of Sweden in a thunderstorm. The experience inspired him to write the words, which were later translated into English by Stuart K. Hine. O Lord my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the works thy hands have made. I see the stars. I hear the rolling thunder. Thy power throughout the universe displayed. Then sings my soul, my Savior God to thee. How great thou art. How great thou art. On one occasion, I was in a mission conference. When a missionary with great compassion, with tears in his eyes, asked me, why did the Savior have to suffer so much? I reached for our hymn book, turned to this song, and answered his question with these verses. And when I think that God, his son, not sparing, sent him to die, I scarce can take it in. That on the cross, my burden, gladly bearing, he bled and died to take away my sin. Jesus suffered so much because of his love for you and me. What a message. Worthy music is powerful. It has power to make us humble, prayerful and grateful. Prophets through all generations have taught the importance of worthy music in our expressions of worship. A few citations from the scriptures may serve to illustrate. An Old Testament scripture bids us to make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all the earth make a loud noise and rejoice and sing praise. In the Hebrew language, those words literally mean to burst forth into song and to shout for joy. Contrast that spirit of enthusiasm with scenes we may see at church when some sing only passively and without a spirit of joy. A New Testament scripture counsels me and you to have a well of good music within, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things unto God and the Father In the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. Another New Testament verse says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. In the New Testament, we also learn that the Lord and his apostles concluded the Last Supper with a hymn before leaving for the Mount of Olives. That tradition continues in our day. Each time members of the First Presidency and the Quorum of the Twelve Apostles meet in the temple, we begin with a hymn. It sets a sweet spiritual tone for our deliberations. The Book of Mormon teaches that one's desire to sing praises to the Lord comes with one's complete conversion to him. Alma asked this penetrating question. I say unto you, my brethren, if ye have experienced a change of heart, and if he have felt to sing the song of redeeming love, I would ask, can you feel so now? Alma continued, Blessed be the name of our God, let us sing to his praise, yea, let us give thanks to his holy name, for he doth work righteousness forever. Complete conversion is the key to our experiencing God's greatest blessings. In the Doctrine and Covenants, we read this expression from the Lord. For my soul delighteth in the song of the heart, yea, the song of the righteous is a prayer unto me, and it shall be answered with a blessing upon their heads. In the preface to our book of hymns, the first presidency has provided this statement. Inspirational music is an essential part of our Church meetings. The hymns invite the Spirit of the Lord, create a feeling of reverence, unify us as members, and provide a way for us to offer praises to the Lord. Some of the greatest sermons are preached by the singing of hymns. Hymns move us to repentance and good works build testimony and faith, comfort the weary, console the mourning, and inspire us to endure to the end. We hope to see an increase of hymn singing in our congregations. We encourage all members, whether musically inclined or not, to join with us in singing the hymns. We hope leaders, teachers, and members who are called upon to speak will turn often to the hymn book to find sermons presented powerfully and beautifully in verse. The statement continues. Latter-day Saints should fill their homes with the sound of worthy music. Hymns can also help us withstand the temptations of the adversary. We encourage you to memorize your favorite hymns and study the scriptures that relate to them. Then if unworthy thoughts enter your mind, sing a hymn to yourself, crowding out the evil with the good, close quotation. Worthy music also has the power to persuade. We learn this lesson from the writings of John Jakes. He was born in England in 1827, a son of Wesleyan Methodist parents. In his youth, John earnestly sought the true religion. He studied intensively with Latter-day Saint missionaries and at the age of 18 became a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. John's austere father, upset on hearing this news, wrote, I wish you to attend the Wesleyan chapel. They, the Mormons, do not teach you to honor and obey your parents. I hope you will give up the idea of belonging to such a party. It is fiction. John's reply, written March fourteenth, 1847, when he was but 20 years old, included these words, Dear Father, I pray that I may understand the things of the kingdom of God and carry my ideas to you. Since I joined the Church, my eyes have been opened, and I have been able to understand the truth. I can bear testimony to the truth of the doctrines in the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Three years later, at age 23, John Jakes wrote the words to this hymn that we know and love. "O oh say, what is truth? Tis the fairest gem that the riches of worlds can produce, and priceless the value of truth will be when the proud monarch's costliest diadem is counted but dross and refuse. Yes, say, what is truth? Tis the brightest prize to which mortals or gods can aspire. Go search in the depths where it glittering lies, or ascend in pursuit to the loftiest skies. Tis an aim for the noblest desire. The scepter may fall from the despot's grasp when with Winds of stern justice he copes, but the pillar of truth will endure to the last, and its firm-rooted bulwarks outstand the rude blast and the wreck of the fell tyrant's hopes. Then say, What is truth? Tis the last and the first, for the limits of time it steps o'er. Though the heavens depart and the earth's fountains burst, truth, the sum of existence will weather the worst, eternal, unchanged, evermore. John stood firm in his conviction of the truth. He remained true and faithful and ultimately served as assistant to the church historian from 1989 until his death on June 1st, 1900. Music has a sweet power to promote unity and love in the family. Not only is it an important component of family home evenings, but it can exert a continuing influence for good well beyond times when children are small. For my gift to the family last Christmas, I prepared a compact disc recording of musical memories. I sat at the piano And recorded a variety of music that I had sung or played for the children through the years. They liked it. Some of the grandchildren told me that the CD was cool. (laughs) To illustrate the enduring benefits of worthy music in the home, I have asked our available daughters to sing for you tonight since their childhood. They've enjoyed singing together. Daughters, I'm going to introduce you. Perhaps each of you can wave to the congregation as I mention your name. Marsha Workman. Wendy Maxfield. Gloria Irian. Brenda Miles. Sylvia Webster. Julie Whitworth. Laurie Marsh, Rosalie Ringwood, and Marjorie Helston. Our son's wife, Brittany, would like to have been here, but she's excused. She had a baby 11 days ago. Two other voices are missing, our deceased daughter, Emily, and her angel mother, Dancil. Perhaps they're looking in from their windows in heaven. Our son Russell and I also enjoy singing with them, but we'll not impose that upon you tonight. (laughs) To illustrate the multi-generational merits of worthy music in the home, our daughters will be accompanied by two of their daughters, Katie Erian Owens at the piano. And Rachel Miles on the flute, age 16. They will sing and play for you, Jesus, the very thought of thee. After their music, I will resume my message. Ladies, please. Thank you so much Rachel I owe you an apology she's 17 not 16 <laughs> thank you daughters and granddaughters Wendy and I love you dearly as do your husbands and your families Now, many of you folks will be able to influence music that's selected in church services in the future a few thoughts may be helpful to you remember Music has power to provide spiritual nourishment, it has healing power, it has the power to facilitate worship, it allows us to contemplate the atonement, the restoration of the gospel with its saving principles and exalting ordinances. Music provides power for us to express prayerful thoughts and bear testimony of sacred truths. Music has power to overcome language barriers. In my experience, some of the most moving congregational singing has been rendered in languages that are foreign to me. Yet it spoke strongly to my soul. The purpose of music in our church service is not for performance, but for worship. Prayerfully selected compositions and excellent performances are appropriate in our worship services when and if members feel the spirit of worship and of revelation. Church music should be supportive of the Lord and His work and not attract attention to itself. Worthy music not only has power but can also provide protection. For many years, President Boyd K. Packers taught this concept. He has often quoted another statement issued by the First Presidency many years ago. Music can be used to exalt and inspire or to carry messages of degradation and destruction. It is therefore important that as Latter-day Saints, we at all times Apply the principles of the gospel and seek guidance of the Spirit in selecting the music with which we surround ourselves. Close quotation. Brethren and sisters, wherever we are, we should carefully choose what we see and hear. Some of you would not knowingly tolerate pornography in your homes, and yet you would allow music into your lives that can be just as devastating. Many youth listen to music that can be described as loud and fast, becoming louder and faster. It aims to agitate, not to pacify, to excite more than to calm. Beware of that kind of music. As you know, continued exposure to loud sounds will, in time, damage delicate organs of hearing. In like manner, If you overindulge in loud music, you will more likely become spiritually deaf. You may not be able to hear the still, small voice. A scripture states, The Lord your God has spoken unto you in a still, small voice, but ye were past feeling, that ye could not feel His words. Do not degrade yourself with the numbing shabbiness and irreverence of music that is not worthy of you. Delete the rubbish from your minds and your iPods. Protect your own personal standards. Be selective. Be wise. Do not allow unworthy, raucous music to enter your lives. It is not harmless. It can weaken your defense and allow unworthy thoughts into your mind and pave the way to unworthy acts. Please remember that which does not edify is not of God and is darkness. That which is of God is light. Dear brothers and sisters, please. Fill your minds with worthy sights and sounds. Cultivate your precious gift of the Holy Ghost. Protect it as the priceless gift that it is. Carefully listen for its quiet communication. You will be spiritually stronger if you do. You know the proverb, As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As you control your thoughts, You control your actions. Indeed, worthy music can provide power and protection for your soul. For the closing hymn for our fireside tonight, the Ogden LDS Institute Choir will sing Our Prayer to Thee. I wrote the words to that song as my prayerful feelings for our Father in Heaven, Please receive this prayer as part of my testimony that God is our Father and that we are His children. I know that He lives. Jesus is the Christ and the head of this Church that bears His holy name. Joseph Smith is the prophet of this dispensation. President Thomas S. Monson is the Lord's prophet on the earth at this time. I so testify and express my love and blessing for each of you. In the sacred name of Jesus Christ, amen. You've been listening to the By
0: Study and By Faith podcast, presented by BYU Speeches. Please check out our other podcasts of recent speeches, classic speeches, and BYU Speeches compilations on love and marriage. Overcoming adversity. Come follow me